Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Why, hello there, friends, and welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast, where we talk about Blizzard Entertainment's games and other things. Uh, right now, we're going to be talking about one game in particular, Warcraft Arclight Rumble. They've had... No, <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't help myself. Um, I mean, I wouldn't mind talking about it, but I haven't gotten into the beta or anything, so... Uh, no, we're going to talk mostly about Dragonflight. There's going to be some some Overwatch 2 stuff to discuss. In fact... I'm tempted to throw that up there first because Liz Liz made the point that it's it's something of an ongoing story. So, uh, and it also means that I can make Liz talk. But first, with me are my two amazing co-hosts, uh, Joe Perez and Liz. I'm going to make her talk about Overwatch Two. Harper, um, Liz, what about Overwatch Two? Um- it's it's really funny that you think you're making me talk about Overwatch 2 and I'm like the person who doesn't even play Overwatch. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um I just I kind of watch Overwatch 2 and like enjoy the chaotic weirdness of it because it's gone it has not had a smooth launch and it hasn't really smoothed out. Mm-mm. So they just pushed back their mid-season patch. Um and I think one of the things the mid-season patch was supposedly going to do was bring May back to the game because May was removed a few weeks ago due to a bug. But now the patch is pushed back. There's still no May. And I don't think we have an ETA for the next patch. And it's like they had announced we they do. were rolling out a patch today. They do actually have a ETA for it. An ETA for it? Yep. Uh, update 4 o'clock p.m. PST, which was, you know, like an, like hour, an hour ago. ago. Yeah. Uh, we are now planning to release this oh. mid-season patch on Thursday, November 17th at 11 a.m. PSD. Thank you to our players for your patience as we address this issue. Which, I mean, great on them for, for getting that update, you know, and telling people, okay, it's going to be uh, on Thursday. But wow. Uh, I think the, if anything, you're underselling how chaotic this launch has been for them. And it's kind of astonishing, really. Um I've been. I think I've been doing what you've been doing, and that I have not really been playing it, but I have been watching it pretty intently. And yeah, I have. I am just shocked at how many things seem to just keep coming up for this. Uh, and and yeah, the May being gone, all that stuff. It's 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 crazy. Um, we Overwatch has had very few days since it launched, since Overwatch Two launched, where every hero that's in the game has been available because they've kept pulling heroes for bugs and may hasn't been in the game for several weeks now she's like a she's a big deal character and here we are it just it seems very strange that it's been uh this rocky it does kind of make me feel that they did rush a little to make sure they got the pp launch out this year Mm -hmm. i definitely feel that way i mean they the game is a completely unplayable state for me can i air my grievances is that okay can I share the story? I mean, it's what we do. Yeah. I, let me get my six foot pole. Um, the I tried to install it. I was like, you know what? I've been giving this a lot of flack. I've been really hypercritical about it. I'm going to install the game because I had Overwatch one. I put so many hours into that with my friends, and I had a blast. 
you know, maybe I can find the, the silver lining or the, you know, the, the gold nugget in here somewhere. And I literally installed it and loaded up. I was in menus, not even in a game for five minutes trying to figure out where things were like you would expect to, you know, seeing what, what carried over skins, champions, all that stuff, getting through the blast of your, it, it blasts you in the face of, Hey, do you want to buy the battle pass? You want to buy the battle pass? Uh, Cause that just beats you over the head as soon as you log in. Uh, and all of a sudden I get a warning from my computer where everything has maxed out memory wise. My Ram is pegged completely and I have 32 gigs of Ram. My page, my page file for Windows, which is what Windows uses when the memory is full or being slow to try to preload everything, had moved in that five minutes to over 100 gigs. And my computer was like, nah, nah, ain't having it. Not doing this. And I'm like, okay, this is weird. So I crash everything out and I reload everything and I look at it. Everything's fine. Page file goes back to normal size. Ram cools down. Everything looks like it's normal. So I'm like, this is a little weird. Maybe it was something wrong. I'll repair the game and try again. So I do a repair. It finds some things that are wrong, does its thing. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Maybe there was just like a bad file or something causing a memory leak. I load back in. I'm in three minutes this time before the exact same thing happens. Reboot the computer. Try again. Same thing. Uninstall immediately. It is completely unplayable for me, and I'm not the only one. Uh, apparently this is happening with a small subset of people and they're not even talking about it. There's nothing on the forums that I can find, uh, with confirmation from them or that they're even looking into it. And I think that it just leads back to the whole thing. I think it comes back to, I, like Liz said, this just feels like they tried to rush to get the PVP product out. And that's sad because I really, really liked overwatch one. And the kicker is I can't even go back and play overwatch one because they killed it to produce this completely overhauling that code instead of doing what they originally said they were going to do. And it's just, it's sad. Like I just, I wish it was better and maybe they'll address it. And I know some people are having a blast with it, but there's no way that my computer should have a trouble running it. I can literally run uh cyberpunk 2077, even when it was in its broken state at max settings with no issue. Overwatch two should be no problem. So just my two cents and, a, and an anecdote. I'm just, I'm sad with the, the train wreck that has become of it. Yeah. I just felt to me like this is something we should be mentioning because quite frankly, uh, it's a big story. Like um, the fact that overwatch two is having so many problems when this is the big rebranding, the big relaunch uh, we, we could have the debate of does overwatch two count as an expansion or as a new game. We could have that one forever. Blizzard calls it a new game, but it's a new game that comes at the expense of the old game. Like Joe just said, I mean, you can, if you didn't like Diablo three, you could still play Diablo two, you know, the two games, like they weren't taking anything away from you. You just, it's a game you don't like. Okay. Don't play it. But with this, if you're saying, man, I really miss overwatch. Sorry. Liz, I heard you. It's more like cataclysm. Yeah. Yeah, It's like, it's like when cataclysm launched and it's, you know, cataclysm was great. There was a lot of good stuff, a lot of good overhauling of the old world, but it's like, now we can never go back. So and, and maybe yeah, in a few years we'll get Overwatch, Overwatch Classic. I was just gonna say, so, so this Overwatch is literally Classic. about. Mm-hmm. I was unmuting let's, myself to say Over, Overwatch Classic when. <laughs> but we should also uh, talk about. Um, there's a bunch of Twitch drops available for multiple Blizzard games. Uh, I think at this point, Liz mentioned there's Hearthstone ones in in her response that start tomorrow. 
Uh, I yep. believe the WoW Twitch ones are already in, and the Overwatch ones went in last week. Um, I'm not sure what the when the Overwatch ones were, went in. There recently, there's some cosmetics. Uh, the Overwatch ones aren't like huge things; they're just little cosmetics. So, okay. mm, but they're but available. You, they're available if you watch if you watch Twitch. Then yeah, log on, watch some Overwatch, and get get your thing. What's it? Yeah, I'm, the Dragonflight I'm, ones I'm are actually pretty substantial. Yeah, well, you know, thing they Watson, are so amazing. Handle that technical jargon there. Yeah, go ahead and yeah, talk about yeah, them. Um, <laughs> look at you continuing to make me talk about things. Um, it is right actually now, my job. Get, ah, ah, it's so demanding having me on the podcast, making me say things to people. Ah, totally unexpected. Okay, yes. So the Dragonflight drops went live today. The first drop is the Dragon Kite Pet. And uh, this is something that was previously only available from the trading card game. And now you can get it by watching four hours of World of Warcraft pre-patch content on Twitch. You do not have to watch consecutive hours. You do not have to watch any specific streamers. You just watch World of Warcraft and uh, watch for four hours and you get a cool pet in-game. You do need to link your World of War- your Battle.net account to Twitch, but that's really simple. Um, we have a post about- on the site about it. and. Uh, Yes, collect your goodies. I believe next week we will be getting the Fell Drake mount, Which and really uh, that's cool the mount, really that's the really exciting one. Who doesn't want to ride around on a Fell Drake? Of course, I do kind of wonder about all of these mounts because we're about to go into the Dragon Isles, where I don't think you you can't use flying mounts on the Dragon Isles. You can only do dragon riding, which is not on that doesn't use any of your mount animations. It doesn't use any of your normal mounts. I think you can get them again at max level, but yeah, at least for between 60 and 70, it's, it's all dragon riding all the time, but it's still a cool mount. It. Yeah. It's very cool. It's very cool. And it's, I mean, they aren't hard to get. You just have to like basically have to rem- just remember to watch Twitch at the right times. And they're like little windows. This one is, this is just a couple of days you have to get the dragon and the Feldrake is going to come next week. I just hope at some point they start bringing back other stuff that used to be in the TCG that isn't around anymore. I'm looking forward to it, too, because I sure as heck do not have the budget to buy those things. Yeah, I I mean, it's it's really even hard to get them, even if you have the budget, because the cards have been used. Well, yeah, but yeah. And the rarity on them is just insane. You'll you'll see them on eBay for thousands of dollars. So anyone selling these on eBay for thousands of dollars, they're pretty sad right now. But the rest of us, we get cool stuff. I like getting cool stuff. My favorite. Uh, Joe, were you saying something? I was going to say, didn't somebody just buy a Spectral Tiger before they announced the drops, too? And, like, they were complaining about it. Like, I... (laughs) Probably. Like, for, like, a non-insignificant amount, either. Like, uh, what do you call it? I think one went for, like, $3,000 or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it was going for 600 bucks back, like, you know, in 2010. Yeah. I'm not surprised it's gone up a bit. I just think it's it's interesting. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. But speaking of spending a lot of money on something, um, they've announced a Alex Straza statue related to Dragonflight. It's now available for pre-store, pre-order in the, ge- in the gear store. I don't think that we need to talk too much about this. It's a 20-inch Alex Straza statue. It's um, pretty beautiful. Yeah, it's nice. It's a really nice statue. Uh, a lot of people are saying if there had been a BlizzCon this year, this would have probably been announced at it. I don't disagree. 
I will point out that this statue is $1,213. I'm assuming that's Canadian um, because my, my costs are usually converted. Uh, but that still makes it. $900 US, by the way. Yeah, that's still 900 bucks US. And it's not available to ship until September of 2023. Yeah. So if you're pre-ordering it, you ain't seeing it till next year. But it is really nice. I mean, it, it's her new costume, which doesn't quite. It's much more like covering her up. Uh, which I think is good. I've never quite understood why her original outfit looked like they did. Um, but it, this one's really just beautiful. It's a beautiful statue. It's It's got flowers and little dragon babies. And dragon eggs. Base. Yeah, dragon eggs. It's just the whole thing is great. It, um, go ahead. It is a fantastic model or a, a fantastic statue as far as like composition goes. My only gripe is the same gripe that I had with Thrall. And because it's a pre-done paint job, it's okay, but it's not great. <laughs> and maybe I'm really picky about that stuff because of what I do. But like, I'm looking at her face and like, she has this uncanny like pallor to her that I understand people are gonna be like, Oh, it's a dragon. But I like, I'm weird. I take these pictures like this and I convert them into black and white so that I can see like where highlights and lights are supposed to go. Uh, because again, that's the, the painter in me. And I'm like, and I flip back between the color and the black and white and like they made her face just feel almost alien, like almost uncanny. So my only gripe, everything else is great. Like the base is fan phenomenal. Uh, and I can tell you from experience of holding at least the thrall statue, um, which is about the same size height wise and made out of the same material. This thing going to be heavy. It's going to be real heavy. Yeah, so you got this is another thing. This is another thing I don't have the budget for, but I think it's super cool. Yeah, but that's just that's tough. That's I'm just tough. I'm, I'm trying to imagine trying to justify. Like, oh, you know, you know how you like you wanted to get that um like that thirty dollar pet in in your dragon game. I I kind of like to spend a little money too. Oh, oh, really? What do you want to get? I want to get this to my you know around a thousand dollar dragon statue, but it's it's. It's really important. I, I I don't see this this flying. I mean, in my financial situation, I may or may but not I have been. I, the, could, I may or may I not have been the that. person that budgeted a store budget to buy a drizzit, a life size drizzit. <laughs> yeah, it's it's at that level where it's like, okay, I could do this, or I could pay my mortgage. Yeah. So, yeah. um, hmm. unfortunately, if I don't have a place to live, I can't keep anything. So, exactly. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. But we should move on. Uh, I don't. I don't really. I, th- I don't know how much there is to say about this new launch cinematic. I mean, I feel kind of like we're going to say a lot of the same stuff, except of course it di- it didn't cost us money. I'm sure Blizzard spent some money on it. But the, do, do, have you guys both seen the new launch cinematic? Yeah. Not the trailer. Not the no. in-game stuff. I have okay. not. You can talk about it. It's not going to go for it. There's no spoilers to be had. It doesn't You're- reveal anything. You're missing literally nothing. I mean, you're missing really beautiful it's, uh, animation. It's it a looks, sizzle reel. Yeah, and it looks great. Um, I I I watched it like four times, but it's, there's nothing going on in it. It's completely beautiful, and uh, you get to see. Oh gosh, what's the new dragon's name? Razagath. Yeah, Razagath. Yep. Yeah, you get to see Razagath, and that's pretty like at scale. And that's pretty amazing. But yeah, I mean, you know, I really like the story trailers where we get a little story. And I think the initial Dragonflight announcement cinematic was just so amazing. 
so good that like every everything they've released since since I've been kind of like, eh, I guess that's okay. I don't mind that. Yeah, in terms of visuals, this one is just as good as that one. But in terms yeah. of what that revealed, like I, the very fact this this weekend on 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 uh, Lore Watch, Joe went back to calling it Stony Danza, which he will never stop doing. Nope, never. And and it's my hill, I will die on it. I mean, seriously, you will cry over the the potential death of of a giant rock dude that you'd never seen before or heard of he he's the zakan of this new cinematic i mean seriously who knew that guy was going to be the guy you're like oh no but yeah we all were we're all like oh no as he he achieved his purpose he climbed that tower he got the big beacon thing to work and got blown off and he was heading right down for the lava and you thought there is no way this dude is coming through this we're going to watch his horrible, painful death. And then suddenly, dragon! Really big dragon, because that guy was like 20 feet tall. Dragon! You know, it was just like, when he, he looked like a Barbie doll in her hand. And yeah. like I said, he's like 20 feet tall. That just gives you an idea. Alex Straza is bigger than you think she is. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I, I, I wasn't like, oh, you know, I wasn't like floored by this thing, because like, like Liz said, it's a sizzle reel. But it's great. I, I mean, I watched it four times. I just watched every a bit. The the bit with the troll and the dwarf. Honestly, mm-hmm. I feel like they could have brought they could have taken that bit and really like gone where somewhere with it because it kind of in, encapsulates what we're doing in this expansion, where it's like it's not about killing the other faction anymore. It's about like both factions going into this magical new place and exploring it together yeah together or at least you know the last yeah. time we saw and the last time we saw anything like this i think was in the beginning of legion when you had the two groups fighting kind of at the same time and the cinematic had varian and sylvanas kind of like i guess cooperating i don't know what what, what word you'd use for it but mutual that was assault. the last time yeah the, that was the last time we had anything like this and it felt really good to see it and i liked the dwarf uh lady with her goggles i thought that was great um, the troll dude, man, he's, he's definitely Xandalar cause those teeth, he had some stuff on his tusks, man. But yeah, just the whole thing. It, it's, it's really beautiful, but it is not a particularly story thing. It's not spoilery. Um, we do, however, have several other spoilery things that we can tell you exist. I'm not going to spoil them because I mean, first off we have lore watch this weekend. You can, we'll probably spoil them there. Uh, but secondly, because you know, this is, this literally just dropped. But I don't think I'm ruining anything to say we've got uh, two cutscenes that basically explain how the Alliance and Horde end up on the Dragon Isles and and why they're not fighting and why they they've they've basically both said yeah the truce is on we're we're gonna cooperate we're even gonna have our group of crazy treasure hunters work alongside their group of tra- crazy treasure hunters <laughs> um, and it's like you know the reliquary and the whatever the Alliance one is that I can't remember off the top of my head, but I should remember it. Cause I've done so many questions. The over Explorers the years. League. Thank you. Yeah. We are going to be working together. And I mean, <laughs> the drag theory of on both quest things are basically like, yeah, that's my homeland. Yeah. So literally go- we live here. No, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't get too grabby hands. No looting. Yeah. But what, what do you think you are? England. <laughs> wow. Huge, huge slam on anteaters out of nowhere. But, yeah, it, 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 those are those are fine. Uh, like I said, don't want to go too spoilery, but I don't think it's that big a deal. It's the first thing you see when you talk to Rathion here, um, or uh, I think it's uh, Abyssian. I can never remember his real name. Ebenhorn. I always remember Ebenhorn. 
Abyssian, yeah. Abyssian is his real name, but it's a yeah, Ebonhorn for the Horde side. Yeah, and it's fine. There's also the um, they they literally dropped this one just as I was finishing the email. They've got the uh, basically I believe it's called the Thundering something. Yeah, uh, the Tempest Unleashed. That's that's what it's called. That cinematic. It basically explains who the bad guy is. The the one that we see in the the cinematic Liz just mentioned and what's going on and why this is happening. But I don't, again, don't want to spoil it for you. It's in game. You'll probably get to see it. Not too. It's basically the end of the uh, quest line that Rathion starts. So yeah, Um, it's good. It's, it's, it's in game rendering. It's not, uh, it's not the complete pre-rendered cinematic type stuff, but we, we've talked before about how that's good. Um, I liked it. I I don't know if if either of you watched it. I watched the first cinematic, the intro cinematic, but I haven't watched the, uh, okay. I don't think I've watched the one. Okay. Uh, I would recommend it obviously because you know, we, we, we like what the, those, the cinematic team does. And this one's really good, but it is, it is pretty spoilery. So I would say if you want to go in un- unspoiled and see it, I would say do that because you're going to get to see it by the end of the quests that leads up to going to the dragon isles. Um, yeah, it's, that's cool too. But we've talked a lot about that kind of stuff, and now there's plenty of other stuff to talk about, like class tuning. Um, three of the tanks, and, and one of the tanks in particular, have gotten buffs. Uh, Guardian Druids have like like a, a huge buff to their damage. They got like a 50% damage buff to their spell casting, a 60% damage buff to just straight up melee damage. Um, a lot of their abilities have also gotten individual buffs, like Maul and so forth. Um, vengeance demon hunters are not, didn't get anything that big, but they did get a a notable amount of buffs as well. And so did blood decays. Blood decays actually got some survivability and damage buffs. Um, monks didn't get anything for their tanks back. Uh, brewmaster got nothing. And of course we already know that, uh, the Mistweaver monk got hammered on healing. I think every healer took a pretty big hit. Uh, paladin's the same. And I thought shaman got buffs. I need to go look at this while you're talking. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, yes. So I think you're you're in a good place, Joe. We'll see. Yeah, but, but <laughs> are paladins the same or did they get nerfed? I couldn't uh, tell what you meant by that. I, I believe they increased the mana cost on one spell, but there are no big changes. Yeah, I, so, would call, I would not call this a, a nerf that's going to really affect it. Yeah, and paladins <laughs> didn't see anything tanking-wise either. Like the, There were some changes. I think there were some ret changes, but in terms of prop paladins... Practically no changes. Uh, Prot Warriors actually got some nerfs, um, both to damage and to other stuff. I was surprised. I was like, I didn't think Prot Warriors were doing that well. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what's going on with that. But, yeah, a lot of class changes, t- changes to talents, changes to abilities. Uh, a lot of icon changes because a lot of class trees had double like, the same icon got used twice. Uh, they changed all of that. I'm trying to think of anything else in terms of the... Uh, changes to class stuff that I would I think is worth mentioning. It's it's just a bunch of balance changes. They're still doing a balance pass basically and I wonder yeah. if we're going to see it, even more of this before launch. I don't know. Yeah, like looking at the blood decay just as an example here. Uh like heart strike damage increased by 15%, death strike increased by 8%, marrow rend increased by 20%, blood boil increased by 15%, blood plague increased by 10%. Uh yeah, ev- they, they they did nerf versatility for them, but yeah, the rest of this is almost all buffs. Whereas um, Demon Hunter, same thing. And okay. It's interesting. They also did a lot of changes. Like balance got 
significant nerfs. Yeah. Um, both Starfall and Starfire damage got reduced. Uh, Starfall by 30%, Starfire by 15%. Um, Are um, the other tree affinities still a thing? I have not looked at druids in a hot minute. No. No, they're not. Okay. I mean, you're just basically using the core class tree to pick up little bits and pieces, but they don't have a use Yeah. To. Basically, it's just, you know, some of the, the, the class tree has some stuff that would give you some of the effect of that kind of thing. But yeah, there's, there's a lot, uh, you know, the restoration got some changes too, but at restoration druids don't seem to have been nerfed very much. Like I say, I looked over the restoration druids or shaman stuff, at least. Um, most of it is again, uh, changes around damage. There are two healing changes. One is to make healing type totem a little bit better. He'll uh, increase his heal by 25%, which that's good. Uh, and downpour uh, healing increased by 30%, which is a talent that most shaman never touch. So I'm curious about that. Would but everything- you be willing to touch it now? Nope. Okay. <laughs> it can, it, can p- it competes with things that are just infinitely better than it. Um, it's another AOE healing spell when you already have more AOE healing spells. So I mean, give it to me. I'll take another AOE healing spell. Listen, I have I'll, one AOE healing spell, and I'll take the talent yeah. if it gives it to you, Liz. Like 100. That's the only. <laughs> that's the only thing I would see me taking this talent. But everything else is um, like it's a bug fix, and it looks like it's again. Uh, fixing damage output for shaman which was always a problem for higher end uh mythic plus dungeon so i have a feeling that they're still trying to find the sweet spot for that i'm looking at mistweaver right now um i'm gonna read you guys the the changes of mistweaver here it looks pretty bad for mistweavers essence font healing reduced by five percent Renewing Mist Healing reduced by 5%. Enveloping Mist Healing reduced by 5%. Thunder Focus Tease Enveloping Mist Healing reduced by 5%. Rising Mist Healing reduced by 5%. Yulon's Whisper Healing reduced by 5%. Refreshing Jade Wind Healing reduced by 5%. Enveloping Breath Healing reduced by 10%. Vivify Healing reduced by 5%. Revival Healing increased by 15%. Uh, Restoral healing increased by 15%, and Uplifted Spirits now heals for 15% of Revival or Restoration, or Restoral's healing, was 10%. So those are all new changes. Those are all the the most recent changes. Mm -hmm. So Mistweaver, I wouldn't say they got hammered, but they definitely got reduced. Yeah, Um, that's a pretty strong across-the-board cut. Yeah. Um, Looking at the... There's nothing new as of this patch for Paladins. Nothing new... In, in the current yeah. stuff. Priest got a few things, but nothing that's tremendously interesting, I don't think. Uh, some mana cost upcreases. And Halo and Divine Star no longer count full health targets towards their target cap. That's that's a good change. Uh, having full health targets count towards the target cap of an AoE heal, that's that's not good. So, yeah, no, yeah nothing, nothing huge. Uh, and you, you can tell I once actually tried to heal in raids, and I've <laughs> never gotten over it. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, Resto Shaman, why? Oh, it hurts. Uh, and that was a long time ago. And then they've, you know, Joe has since proved that they work, but I could never do it. <laughs> but yeah, like looking at Elemental, Elemental gets a bunch of damage buffs. Uh, enhancements, wow. Enhancement I'm... just got a straight up 10% across the board buff and then buffs to a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to doing some more, getting some more playtime. Elemental yeah. Shaman. I definitely think it's worth looking at the Elemental Shaman if you for an alt because man, there's a lot. I, I'm not going to bother reading all this because we will literally be here all day. There's a lot of it. <laughs> but Restoration, I mean, Healing Tide Totems increased by 25%. Uh, then it's Flame Shock damage. Uh, 
lava burst damage, downpour healing, but Joe already mentioned he would never take that. Uh, Wellspring will no longer snapshot its health on cast when the allies are at full health. Again, that's that's good. Uh, fixed an issue causing resurgence to increase all restoration shaman damage by 22%. Um, now I see why they needed to increase their damage in other ways, because that's interesting. Um, increase the damage of restoration shaman spells by 22%. So restore- resurgence was doing this. They fixed that so it wasn't doing it anymore. And then they just added the damage in. Mm-hmm. So is resurgence a talent? Yeah. So people were taking a resurgence to get this benefit. And they're like, nope, you shouldn't have to do that. Okay, that makes sense. That's Yeah. So yeah, uh, it looks like healing is definitely in flux here. Um, a lot of changes to arms. Wow, actually, arms is looking pretty good. Um, Fury's not bad. So yeah, there's, there's a fair amount of changes to healing. Uh, I would think in general... The focuses seem to be on either reducing certain heals, making things even out, or in the case of Shaman, it feels like healing is not the thing they're most worried about Shaman. Like, they think Resto Shaman are in a good place. But Joe's idea about doing for Mythic Plus, especially at level 70, does seem to be being borne out by the changes. So... Yeah, but that's once in a blue a moon. I, I may have a nugget of, of intelligence in my discourse about shaman once you in a while. Silence, silence right now. I will not have you talk about Joe that way, Joe. That's weird. <laughs> Be yeah, nice to you. Don't don't talk about don't talk about my friend like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that. But yeah, that's so. There's a lot of changes there, but we've you know don't want to like spend all day talking about each individual one. There's a lot. Um, I mean. Hmm? When when there's a pile of changes like this, I feel like you just you got to go in and play the game and just see how it feels because sometimes you know it balances out. Sometimes the buffs and nerfs kind of work together in some really bad and no fun. So sometimes you, you think gotta, a change is gonna, yeah. Sometimes you think a change is gonna absolutely ruin things, and then you play and you're like, wait, I didn't even notice it. Yeah. And sometimes you're like, oh, that doesn't look that bad, and you're like, what happened? <laughs> Nothing works now. Oh God, I think paladins are really prone to the second one. Like every time I've played a paladin seriously, every and I've done it over and over again. Uh, I keep trying to get that that holy paladin thing going for me, and every time I have, I've done so just around the time I get used to it, they change something, and then nothing I do works, and I have to completely come up with a new build. I, I don't know what what it is with paladin, so I'm I'm actually kind of relieved they didn't do anything major this time. Um, but at this point, uh, yeah, let's talk about that one first, and we can move on to other stuff. The Winds of Wisdom buff is gone as of today, as we're recording this. Uh, But at the same time, they've completely reworked XP so that every level between 50 and 60, it costs 22 to 26% of the amount of XP you needed before this patch to get those levels. So basically you have double the Winds of Wisdom buff between levels 50 and 60. Uh, and even if you're like on a level 20 or something, uh, I believe the this is, was originally reported on Wowhead. I believe they said that something like a level, they took a level 38 character and the amount of XP it took to get the to level 39 was still only 66% of what it was before. So they have buffed leveling across the board and they've significantly buffed the 50 to 60 part. Um, so yeah, boo, but also yay. Uh, I, I think honestly the, the 50 to 60 is a significant buff to leveling. Oh yeah, very much. So, and uh, we still have the Wow 18th anniversary buff is still ongoing, so you still get some buffs on top of those buffs. Yeah, the the 18 percent because it's the 18th year, so it. Mm-hmm. My World of Warcraft addiction is now capable of 
serving in war <laughs> and driving and, and will soon be able to drink. Actually, it can drink fine up here. I don't think it's elite. I think it's like 18 up here. But yeah, that's that's not something I like thinking too hard about. Man. But yeah, that, that, so that's cool. Um, it's related to the thing I'm going to talk about next, which is the heirloom changes. Uh, did you guys get a chance to look at those? Um, I looked at them, but when you linked them, that was actually the first I'd heard of them. Yeah, yeah. same. The uh, scaling on heirlooms has been really significantly revamped. Basically, they haven't changed the fact that they don't give XP bonuses anymore. That's still there. But previously, your heirlooms are about as good as uncommon quality gear, green gear of that yeah. level. So uh, once you get to a certain point, people were like, yeah, I'm not going to keep wearing these. Like, why would I keep wearing these? Like, I, questing and leveling gear is better. And that kind of defeats the purpose of heirlooms. I mean, if they don't give you an XP bonus and they're not good gear, I mean, what are they for? Okay, I'll tell you exactly what heirlooms are for, and I know you're going to agree <laughs> with me. It's so you can put on gear at level one and transmog it and yep. not have to worry about it. Yep, that's, that's fair. Uh, but now, in addition to that benefit, it's also a little bit better than rare quality gear at the level that it is. So... It's now basically as good as the best blues you could pick up at that level, which makes it a lot more. Basically, you get a set of heirlooms, you put them on, you transmog them to something nice, and then you don't ever have to worry about them. Like gear you get is not going to get better than the heirlooms. And if it does, it won't stay better much longer, which I can see pros and cons to, but I definitely think it's, it's part of an initiative to get leveling faster. Like they just want to make leveling faster and more streamlined. Yeah. So you don't go ahead. Leveling's not the game anymore. Right. Like, so like it's, it's a a shift in design philosophy and you can see it and sort of how things have been progressing over the course of years, whether it's picking what expansion to level through or like adjusting the, the XP between levels and changing what heirlooms do. It all basically boils down to back in the old days, the game was mostly leveling because there wasn't a whole lot of end game content unless you were like a deep raider. Like that's what vanilla was. And that's what like even Burning Crusade was to an extent. And they added, they kept adding stuff and adding stuff and adding stuff. But the truth is most of the game's design stuff while leveling is an integral part of, you know, getting there, it's current expansion and then end game of current expansion where most players are going to spend their time. So anything that they can do to at least get people into current expansion uh, generally makes more sense. So heirlooms doing that and meaning that you don't have to hunt for gear and, you know, it, it literally makes the leveling experience easier, faster. And I don't want to say it puts it on rails for you, but if everything levels up at the same time, you're not hunting for a main hand weapon that, you know, can keep up with it while you're still basically using something that's no longer useful for you. Uh, so it just kind of takes the guesswork out of it. Like Liz was saying, um, you can make it as pretty as you want with transmog or leave it. Cause some of these, the heirloom sets are really rad in my opinion. Uh, but you just progress through, you just go through, you get to experience the story of the, whatever expansion you pick, or if that's the way you're leveling. And then you just go onto the current content and then you get to experience what they've put the most time into recently, which is the new leveling experience and then the end game. So it makes sense, at least as far as, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I agree. I will, I will say one thing is heirlooms are un, 
godly expensive. They are so expensive. It takes so much gold to max out a set of heirlooms. And I think that's your real breaking point here. You can do mm-hmm. it with uh, time walking badge- badges and stuff, right? Uh, I believe so. And you can buy some with Dark Moon Fair tickets, but it's like you, you've got to, you really have to go and earn things. You're either spending a ton of gold or you're getting a ton of time working t- walking uh, tokens. It's, there's, there's just a lot. It costs a lot, no matter which way you do it. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Um, I happen to have a lot of them already. So I don't, yeah, I don't worry about it too much, but yeah, absolutely. That's the case. Um, So making them have more benefit makes more sense because you have basically one way or another, you have spent a ton of money on these things because, you know, there's the old concept of opportunity cost. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can get them without spending gold. You can do other things to get them, but that time spent farming up uh, tokens at the dark moon fair or doing time walking dungeons to get time walking badges is time you are not doing other things and it's still a cost. It's just not, it doesn't easily map out into a gold cost, but it is definitely a time cost. So I think that covers that though. Pretty well. Um, We should start moving. Oh, go ahead. I do want to jump in while we've been doing this podcast. I've been sitting here uh, working on leveling a warrior. And since we started the podcast, I have gained three levels. I have no rest experience. I'm just killing things and Mm -hmm. doing quests. So you're level 54 now? I'm 53. I started at level 50. Okay. Wow. That is amazing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You, you said on the pre-show, you said you were level 51. So you've oh, jumped mm-hmm. two levels since you said that. Yes. So you had a level before you said it, you leveled up once, then you said it. And now in the, like, I'd say it's, 35 it's like an minute? hour. Yeah. Yeah. One that's, hour that's and cute. eight minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dang. That's amazing. I'm, I'm super Yeah. Excited. When I logged. When I logged in at the start of the of the podcast, I was level fifty. I'm I'm definitely considering getting my uh, other characters. I mean, it, yeah, if you want to get any more characters leveled before Dragonflight, this is the time. Go for it. So, yeah, um, we should probably talk since we're talking about that. We should probably talk about the Primal Storms event because that's the thing. That's the major pre-patch thing that that we're seeing with this. Uh, with this pre-patch, this phase of it. They call it phase two, I think. Phase two. Yeah. That's generally what they call things. Um, Basically, it's not unfamiliar. Uh, If you have done this kind of thing in previous, it doesn't, it reminds me a bit of the Cataclysm one, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's it's also, if you did the ones in Legion, you you will recognize the basic formula here. You get a quest and you go to one of four zones. Uh, I know we have a list of what the zones are, but I don't remember them off the top of my head. Can you guys talk about this while I look them up? It's Northern Barrens, Tristfall Glades, Badlands, and Ungaro Crater. So one of those four zones will be under attack, and I'm Every I don't know minutes. if they're gonna, yeah I don't know if they're going to accelerate that at some point. But as Joe pointed out, when when the uh, boss gets killed, there's a 30 minute timer, and then he respawns or she respawns or they respawn. Um, what's interesting here is that instead of running around to do a bunch of world quests to get things to unlock. Basically, when the boss spawns, they put out a, an aura of elemental power that infuses the various mobs in the area, turning them into things that you would actually challenge a level 60 character. You then have to go around killing them. When 100 of them have been killed, the field protecting the boss, which is the mechanic that allows you, that keeps you from just attacking it, goes away. And then everybody's like, ah, go find the boss and kill it. And then, you know, rinse and repeat every 30 minutes or so. Uh, 
The reason to do this is because, A, I think you can level doing it. Uh, I haven't tried yet, but I've been told that you can level doing it. So that might be reason one. Reason two is that at level 60, the, the main boss drops something called primeval essence. And so do the mobs that you're killing with the imbued thing to, to unlock him. Each mob drops between three and five. If you manage to tag, say, 10 or 15 of them, that's like between you know 30 and 50 uh, primordial essence. The, the main boss, I believe, drops between 15 and 20. So you could, one, one of these uh, primal storm events can get you enough of primal essence to go to the quartermaster in your major city, Orgrimmar or Stormwind. Um, and the quartermaster there will sell you basically item level 252 gear which I want to say is basically the same as normal uh, Sepulchre, the first ones. I might be off on that. I think that's accurate. Yeah. But so that's a decent catch-up. It's not the only catch-up available, but it is pretty decent. It's probably your best bet uh, time for improvement-wise. It won't allow you to get trinkets. There's no trinkets available, but everything else, including weapons, uh, there's one-handed and two-handed weapons, can be got. Um, I believe it's... 25 prime primeval essence for the first three or four of them. Uh, I shouldn't, I wrote this today. My God. <laughs> uh, the belt. Yeah, I, I got you covered. Bracers, belt, cloak, rings, necklace, and one-handed weapons are 25 each. Boots, gloves, and shoulders are 35 each. Helm, chest, pants, trinkets, and two-handed weapons are 45 each. And so there are trinkets. There, you there go. are trinkets. And it is a unique transmog, which is the most important part. Yeah, I, I gotta agree. It is this important part. Although I don't understand what they're doing with the oh. mail set because it looks like it's got a duck bill. I mean, so I mean, I guess this expansion duck is all. This expansion is just going to be all about ducks, I guess. So I'm, I, I mean, the terror that flaps in the night. I am the vengeance oh. of the hundred dragon flights. And there's toys too, toys and battle pets that you can buy with it as well. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I I will note one important thing if you're trying to gear up. Alts is that the uh, primeval essence tokens, the currency, is bind on account. So you don't have to, you can just run stuff with your main and send it off to any alts. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Um, but in addition to that, and that's pretty cool in and of itself, it's not the only way you can gear up. And you could actually start the second way before you hit 60. Uh, and you'll, you'll, you'll get stuff as well. Um, the item level for it is 250 and it's the Uldamond legacy of tier dungeon, which you can start running at level uh, 58. I, I, you know, it's 250 is a little bit worse, but it's two item level. I'm not saying that this is the most efficient way to go because this is boss drops from legacy of tier. You might get nothing, you know, I mean, it's quite possible to run a dungeon and get nothing. But if you do get something while running Uldamond, you will get, an item like level 250, which is pretty good. Plus, there's a quest that Rathion gives you to go to Uldamon when you when you get into the area that uh, that rewards a I think it's a 278 weapon. Might be 272 yeah. uh, because I'm seeing different things from from my own article. Thanks, Matt. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's basically I I found a sword that's in the in the uh, database that looks to be the same as the axe that I already know is there. So yeah, there's definitely item level 278 gear that you can get for doing that quest. That's pretty nice. I mean, it's it's right up there. And and that's as of today, you can do that quest with one single Uldamon clear. You never have to go back and you'll get a you'll get probably a really solid weapon that'll last you quite a while if you don't already have some raid gear that's better. Which you which you might. 
I mean, I think you guys probably have gear at or above that level, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So for, for people who've been raiding and doing faded raids, it's not that big a deal. But if you haven't been and are not likely to, uh, yeah, sure. Pick it up. It'll last you till about, I think, mid-level of, of Dragonflight, about level 65, 66, which is, you know, not, not bad. Um, and the, the one thing that you can still do, but this is not from this patch. This has been here for a while. Technically, the WoW 18th anniversary bosses are still there, and you can still kill them, and they still drop item level 272, you know, stuff from their loot table. So if you went and killed uh, Doomwalker out in Tenaris, he could drop the two-handed axe that he had, but it'll be scaled up to level 272. So that's another good place to get a, a weapon that'll last you a while. It's not quite as good as the weapon from the quest in Oldemon, but it's better than the weapons you'll get uh, doing the uh, primal uh, storms event. So yeah, that's, that's worth knowing about, but that's basically, that's it for that. That's, that's all the uh, gearing up Liz. I know Liz, you've already been telling us that you've been working on your alts. Joe, are you at all moved to work on your alts now? Uh, I mean, I'm going to level my evoker. Um, honestly though, the rest of my alts, the, I haven't really felt compelled to drop in on any of them aside from my hunter. Um, I was hoping, you know, we have we have one more shot, I think, potentially at getting me a bow before uh, before we're done. Uh, but yeah, I've really haven't been playing a whole lot of the alts. I really, but I am having a ton of fun with my hunters still. So like, it's all thing. Cool. All right. Um, I suppose. Hmm? I suppose one thing about the patch we haven't gone into is that you can now roll a drakthir. Yes. Yes. Was, and you can that. use now you're you talking. Can use so you all go. these. No. You can use all these leveling buffs and you can use all the gearing buffs to get your Drakthir up to speed. Yeah, Drakthir are a little weird in terms of the gear they use. Um, but yeah, you absolutely can. And I would argue should. Uh, uh, yeah. Do you get to level you? 60? You probably, yeah, with them changing the leveling, you probably get to level 60 during the Drakthir starting experience. Within <laughs> minutes, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I also, quite frankly... I'm not doing it because I'm positive that the Drakthir starting zone is going to be a zoo just crammed full of people. Eh, I mean, but, the instancing, oh yeah. instancing, I think, will make it a little bit more bearable. But I think if you haven't done it already, because I did it on the PTR, quite, I mean, on the uh, beta quite a bit, do it because it's really well done. It is, as is almost the case, always the case when Blizzard puts in a new leveling thing like this, they're almost always really good. This one is really good. Um, I, I, a lot of it is really interesting. A lot of it will also explain the story a bit more without being necessary. I don't feel like you have to do the direct there to, to get it, but it helps. If you um, like the story, yeah, I would, I would recommend it. But yeah, um, so yeah, you can do that. Absolutely. You can play a direct there. We've talked about uh, the various changes to talents and so forth. Um, we mentioned briefly that Oldemon Legacy of Tear is live now, so we should probably uh, say, yes. you know, that's true. Um, it's, it's kind of interesting. It's sort of like what they did with Scarlet Monastery, but it doesn't replace the old Oldemon. Like that's still there. You can still queue it. You can still run it. So I think it's better. Quite frankly, I like when they don't get rid of something, but just add something. I have um, strong feelings about this. And this is something that Blizzard should do more <laughs> often whenever they introduce something new. Don't get rid of anything old. Yeah, I definitely feel like, you know, when they did the uh, the Karazhan dungeons, that I liked that they basically just took an old door and made it the new entrance. Yeah, which I thought was great. I mean, I was a little mad that they got rid of my cheat door. 
that was the door we used to cheat through. Um, we, we used to like basically just have like a couple of rogues go up there and open it yeah. from the inside. And then we would just, you know, skip half the, half the done, the raid, but I got what they did it. And still now both Karazhan and the return to Karazhan exist at the same time. Um, I wish they'd done that in Warlords of Draenor when they changed Blackrock Spire. They got basically got rid of a upper Blackrock Spire and put in a whole new one. I wish they hadn't done that because I liked upper Blackrock Spire and I don't like the new upper Blackrock Spire. Um, same. So, but there's that. Um, I also think- really miss, I miss the old Skolomans. Yeah. Yeah. You know, honestly. It's gone forever. Yeah. And it, it's not that it's bad that they tried to make it go faster because I understand why they did that. But yeah. I, I remember running Skolomance and getting to that room with all the the mobs in like those, that weird arrangement was just like, that's where you learned how to tank because it was <laughs> going to go bad. Like you look around, you're like, oh, this is going to go bad. If people won't let you corner pull this, it's going to be a nightmare. Um, I remember setting up pulls like with like, you know, I had to have like a hunter setting up a trap. I had to like have everybody go around the corner so I could shoot one guy and then run. And it's stuff you don't really do as much anymore. Uh, and I get why, but it's still something I, I really do miss. And for that matter, I miss original horrible sunken temple. Yeah, actually I do too. Okay. I, I, I don't miss that one. It hasn't been long enough for me to have started being nostalgic about that. I don't say I'm nostalgic about it. I just want to be able to put people through it. I mean, I had to go through it. <laughs> fair, fair. You know, but a lot of that stuff, I wish. I, I'm hope. I'm glad that Oldemon didn't take out Oldemon. I, I, because you know, Oldemon. I would never say it was like the the best dungeon or my favorite dungeon, but it had a lot of cool stuff to it. Like the references were interesting. The lore was interesting. And in general, I would be I would be sad if it wasn't there anymore. I'd be sad if Iron Eye was gone forever and you never got to go into the map room. Um, Indiana Jones reference or not, it was cool. It was a really cool moment, especially when the first time you got it to happen. Yeah, and like just, I, I remember being just awed, awed at. I'm like, I remember sitting there, just my jaw drop, going, oh. so. "Yeah, absolutely." I would totally agree with you there. Um, my God, have we actually talked about everything and still have five minutes left? Wow. I don't know. Did we? Have we covered all of the news this week? It feels like it feels like so much has been going on. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. So, so I much. Mean, it has been, though, right? Really? Like, if you think about it, it's a, the time bef- before an expansion. It's always busy. Yeah. And there's been a ton of stuff going on. This actually does have a pre-release event going on. Um, it's, I think, well worth it. Like, to well worth it. It's got a lot of time investment in it. So there is tons of talk about and yeah, it's good stuff. But yeah, I think we, we I, have actually done this. Um, so just, just, we, just so you know, my alt has now hit 54. Yeah. Jeez. My point okay. stands. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think at this point, therefore we're going to do this one question that we got. Um, yeah. If you have a question for the show, you can either send it to us at podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Uh, the subject line podcast or blizzard watch three notes for the show or you can hit us up on our discord server we've got two channels for that uh patreon supporters get the patreon was it uh patreon Patreon, quest podcasts or patreon q and podcast questions channel yes thank you um he did it this weekend so he remembers uh or there's just the q and podcast questions channel for non-patrons both we look in both uh we've got one question this week which i Partially because we didn't get that many questions and partially because I figured we'd do most of the show on this. <laughs> yeah. So 
Uh, I'm going to read this one myself, and then I'll let you guys talk about it. Uh, it's from Roxy, uh, the Goblin Shaman. Uh, apparently, she's my favorite Goblin Shaman. I'm sorry, any other Goblin Shamans I may know, if you're, you're out. To be fair, Roxy uh, is my favorite Goblin Shaman, besides myself. Uh, greetings, Watchers. It is I, Roxy, your favorite Goblin Shaman friend. I have a question concerning a feature in Shadowlands I don't think is getting enough attention in people's postmortems. While I overall enjoyed the expansion, one feature I think was a complete disaster is the Kyrian Sanctum feature, the Path of Ascension. Vehicle combat has never been a strength of WoW, and the Path of Ascension is a buggy mess from day one. Uh, several of the achievements and fights almost seem to require bugging out to complete them. Why does WoW keep trying vehicle combat, and in your opinion, has it ever worked? Uh, whoever wants to answer it, go. Vehicle combat is not as bad as everybody seems to remember it is, and if you think about it, in the context of when it started, it was pretty dang revolutionary at the time. You didn't really have vehicle combat in almost any MMO. Uh, if you wanted vehicle combat, you needed to go play Halo uh, and hop in a Warthog and hope that the person driving the Warthog knew what they were doing and weren't just going to run themselves over a cliff uh, like I would do every time somebody jumped in the back of the Warthog. Um, <laughs> uh, but it, it was it was a unique experience because you actually got to do something that players had been asking for since day one. It's, I'm on my horse. Why can't I swing my sword at this thing on the ground like I can't like they could in real life? Like mounted combat's a thing. So we had like Alduar, whether you loved or hated that fight, doing the first fight as a vehicle fight was pretty rad. It was and it was revolutionary at the time. Doing the last fight or the last phase like going into to uh, fight Malagos and being on the back of a Drake. That was really wild. If even after doing it in a dungeon and learning the mechanics of it there, like it was just wild. Is it if is it always done well? No, it's it is clunky and has its problems and, and things like that. But I think it's a very uniquely wow experience that they've cultivated. Where if it was super smooth, it wouldn't be a wow vehicle thing. Uh, which <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that as a I'm not saying that as a negativism. It's part of the charm. It's part of the charm of it being its own sub game, essentially. You know, Liz talks, we, we, we've talked about this before, where like Hearthstone is 12 games in a trench coat. WoW's oh, sort yeah. of like that too. WoW's done all this experimentation. Do you remember the farm simulator? Because I remember the farm simulator. Uh, it's got a bat, the, the battle table, it's got auto chess, it's got, it's got elements from all these different games that it took inspiration from and all these different things that it tried to incorporate into it. I I honestly think that, you know, vehicle combat is probably the least egregious addition that they've added to the game ever. So it it's not everybody's cup of tea, but it's definitely my cup of tea. And if I had to pick one vehicle fight that I thought was probably the best on, it is going to be Flame Leviathan with uh, Alduar and the entire lead up therein. Liz? So I have a question. Have you tried to do the Path of Ascension, Joe? Not yet. Uh, well, you shouldn't because it's terrible. It's terrible. I have nothing good to say will it, about it. Will it future. crash my computer like Overwatch 2? Okay, it will not crash your <laughs> computer like Overwatch 2. Sorry. But it it might. You don't know. It's unlikely. It's unlikely. If you can play the rest of WoW, you can play this. But it basically sends you into a series of scripted fights that you have to use your vehicle abilities in a very, very specific pattern. And it's just, it's, and right now they buffed health with the last, with the first pre-patch. And I don't think they're even possible to complete anymore. 
And even before now, there were a lot of them that were buggy and difficult com to complete, and they've nerfed them over the course of the expansion, but they're still, these are still really difficult, really buggy, and they require you to use, sometimes they require you to use bugs to finish the fights. They're, they're frustrating. They are not fun. And this is an entire Covenant side system. It is the worst Covenant side system. It's, I have a whole armor set locked behind on this. And it's like, ah, why, why do you do this to me, Blizzard? This is terrible. And I don't think, I don't think I'm ever going to get the armor set. Because in the pre-patch, they made it, they buffed health on all of the things. And they were already hard to kill. And it's just, I'm never going to get this armor set. And it's really sad that they built this whole huge expansive vehicle combat system specifically for Kyrian and it's it's real rough it's still real rough we've been in Shadowlands for two years and this system is it's rough I don't know why this has to be a thing and I think one thing is vehicle combat is fun it's like different it gives you a chance to go out and do something different but this is a, a really really long series of many many fights where you choose one of several of your companions are essentially the vehicle in this you're playing as one of your companions and you're doing this long series of fights at several different difficulties and it's just it's a really long painful grind and vehicle combat is most fun when it's like it's a little excursion it's a little something different from the rest of the game and this is the this is the whole whole game it's for me, I would say that my tolerance level is the Naga Battle Maiden from Cataclysm in terms of vehicle fights, because that's just enough of it for me to feel like I've done something without so much of it that I feel like I'm never doing, I'm doing nothing, I'm not playing the game that I originally was playing. I'm playing a game where I'm this this unwieldy vehicle forever. I don't want that experience. Uh, I think the, the Old War one was fine. Um I actually kind of prefer the Malagos one, to be honest, because there's a lot of healing involved in it, and I was I was not playing a healer, so it was, it was a shake-up. I, I enjoyed that about it. Um, yeah, I think I'm kind of in between you guys on this. I, I, I did the Path of Ascension really briefly before I noped out of the Kyrian on the character that I was doing the Kyrian on. I It wasn't a fan. I, I was not a fan of the Path of Ascension. So yeah. Um, anything else about this one before we move on to basically saying goodbye to everybody? Oh, I was reminded that uh, by my partner that uh, WoW did also incorporate plants versus zombies at one point, and oh, we yeah. should <laughs> and we sh and we should not forget that. <laughs> it's true. They, we did. Heck, it even had uh, Bejeweled See, in there at one point. It still is. Yeah, it was uh, Battle for Azeroth. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I didn't like the drawing game though, man. Whew. That wasn't <laughs> fun for me. But yeah, uh, I guess we're gonna be saying goodbye. So. Uh, Joe's got a little spiel to do. I do. Uh, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch. Your continued support means this podcast lighting community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, better chance of having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you, Joe. Uh, if you've got a question for the show, please remember to send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with a subject line podcast to Blizzard Watch so we know it's for this show. Or again, you can use our Discord. We've got two channels there, the Patreon Q and Podcast Questions channel and the Q and Podcast Questions channel for non-patrons. Both are appreciated uh, for myself. Uh, and of course, I want to say thank you to my co-hosts, uh, Joe and Liz, who, who make this show much better than it would be if it was just me in my office 
rambling for an hour. Um, plus, I get to stop and take drinks every time I make one of them talk, which is just ideal. <laughs> keep, keep myself nice and hydrated on this this flavorful water. Um, this has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. Thank you guys so much for being here with us, and we'll be back next week. 